The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which... Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax Let's say goodbye to all your worries about tax planning, investment troubles, and any confusion when it comes to managing your finances and money. Here at Rocky Hill Accountants, our team has a combined 35 years of experience and will help you do it right. We're dedicated to your needs and will deliver on a result that is professional and trustworthy. Our firm is large enough to offer a full range of professional services, but small enough to give you the individual attention that you deserve. Our business portfolio includes thousands of prepared tax returns for individuals, families, partnerships, businesses, and more. The team at Rockdale Accountants are also thoroughly trained in tax laws and procedures. We have the ability to represent taxpayers before the IRS when they arrive at collections, audits, and appeals. This allows us to offer our accuracy and audit guarantee to tax clients. Please visit our website at RockyHillAccountants.com or give us a call at 860-257-4238 to schedule an appointment. Sports Talk with R&J. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And we got a big one Thursday night in the NFC East down, down in Landover, Maryland, as we got two 0-1 teams going at it, the Giants and the Washington football team. Obviously, the Giants lost their first game of the year, uh, 27-13 to the Broncos. I mean, really 27-7 because, you know, that, that last touchdown was in garbage time. And, you know, the Giants, they're, I think the biggest takeaway you could take from both teams' opening day losses was – their defenses were not did not play as, as did not play like we expect them to play. The Giants, you know, the, the last drive before the half, they give up a touchdown. And then the the drive that really bothered me about the defense was that draw at first drive of the second half, where the Broncos converted third, three third downs and they end up scoring a touchdown. They end up going up 17-7. Obviously, the Giants still had a chance, but then Daniel Jones does what he usually does. He fumbles the ball, you know, deep in a Broncos territory. Broncos get a field goal. Then we don't convert a fourth down, and then, uh, and then we, uh, and then obviously, the, then they they run in for another touchdown and go up twenty seven seven. The game is over after that. Then for Washington, really a surprise defensively. I mean, I don't know if Fitzpatrick got hurt, but I think the big story of the game was their defense did not play as well as people thought. They gave up over four hundred yards to the Chargers in that game, even though they gave up twenty points. They gave up over four hundred yards in the in that game, and uh, they lost the Chargers twenty twenty to sixteen. But in this game. I've been going back and forth on this game for a while. I really have between these two teams. I mean, but 
I think the difference is going to be I know Andrew Thomas played well in that first game, but a big reason why I feel like it's because Bradley Chubb was hurt. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are playing, and I and I think Saquon Barkley is banged up. He was not good in the game against the against the Broncos. He was used. He was, he was, he was very limited in that game. His knee. He's, he has a knee injury right now. I don't know if they're going if they're going to bring him back in the field on Thursday night with a short week. And I think that you know I think this Washington pass rush is going to take over. I think they're they're going to force a turnover from Daniel Jones. And on offense, I feel like Taylor Heineke is going to manage the game. He's not going to win the game, but he's going to manage the game and make enough plays for the Washington football team to come up with a victory and beat my Giants wow. 20 to 13 tomorrow night. But Justin, the question is, uh, can the Giants defense and Daniel Jones do enough to beat Washington for the fifth consecutive time? I do have the Giants winning 20 to 17. I I didn't like the way the Giants played. I was as well going back and forth. This was probably like the toughest game to pick all, all the weekend. Um, I think the Giants do get enough pressure. Taylor Heineke, as we saw in that um, wildcard game against Tampa Bay, you know, he played pretty well in that game. Um, threw for over 300 yards. I think the Giants get enough. I think the way the Giants played last week, I think Joe Judge gets on him this week. I think the defense plays a lot better this week. Um, and I think the Giants defense gets enough pressure on Heineke, forces a turnover too, and – they do enough short field for Daniel Jones, the offense, to kind of take over and get an easy score or two. Um, again, without Curtis Samuel, I think the Giants secondary is able to kind of shut down um, Terry McLaurin. And I don't know if the Washington has another guy that will step up in this game. So I'll take the Giants 20-17. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very close, low-scoring game. And I'm, and I'm standing correct. That was my mistake. This would be If the Giants win this game, it would be the sixth consecutive win over the Washington football team because they swept them last year, swept them in 2019, and won the last game in 2018. So it would be their sixth consecutive win if the Giants win this game. But, yeah, I think it's obviously going to be a really, really low-scoring game. I just think Saquon Barkley would be a difference in this game. He, he, he's, he had, I remember you know the last game he played against the Washington football team, he had a huge game against them. I know that they're obviously a much better defense than they were then, but still. Linebacker is not a strength of the Washington football team, and I think if if uh, he, I thought I think they could use him in the passing. They could have used him in the passing game if he if he's healthy. They could use him in the passing game against those linebackers. You know, obviously if they if the if the offensive line can win up front, he could be a threat in the running game too. I just think without him being 100, percent I just think this is going to be a just just. I I mean, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Giants win and get this and get this win. I feel like the Giants need to get this win, seeing what they got, seeing what they got coming up. I know they got Atlanta, but then they got you know. De- they got the Saints, Dallas, and uh, the Rams after that. So I think the Giants really need to get this win. I just don't see it happening. I just don't think the defense is going to play as well as we expect them to play, just like last week. And I just think, you know, I think Washington's going to win the battle up front. I, I could see, I could totally see that happening. Yeah, Saquon didn't look great. They weren't able to really run the ball well at all. Um, but I, I, you know, I have confidence in Joe Judge and the team that it is a must win. And if the Giants have any hope of making the playoffs, you, you, you can't really start 0-2. I know it's the NFC East and they could rebound from it. But as you mentioned, their schedule coming up. I think they do enough. I think, yeah, the Barkley, you know, kind of is a worry. Yeah, he didn't look totally healthy in that game. Um, you, you know, they really couldn't get anything going with the run game. Um, but... You know, the Giants have kind of had Washington's over here, so I, I think they're able to do enough. I thought the offensive line Giants played better than it did in the preseason. Again, I know it's going to take some time, and, it, it, you know, they'll, they'll get better by the week. And I think they play a little bit better than they did last week, and I think the Giants find a way to pull this one out. 
Should be a very interesting game between between those two teams. I mean, I mean, should should be should be a really interesting game, and you don't want to be the loser of this game. That's all I got to say. But we got to move on to an AFC East matchup in, uh, with another divisional matchup with two zero and one teams. As we got the Patriots heading down to MetLife Stadium to face the Jets, and I think Bill Belichick is going to do what he usually does against rookie quarterbacks. I think he's going to have a really good game plan. I think Zach Wilson's going to struggle. I think he's going to throw a pick or two. I think this is a game where Mac Jones doesn't have to win it. He can just manage the game. He played the one positive for the Patriots is he played well last week. The reason why the Patriots lost last week was because again, one for three. Like I said in the preseason with the Patriots, one for three in the red zone. They kicked, they kicked two field goals in the red zone when the Dolphins when the Dolphins got in the red zone they scored touchdowns. I think that's going to be a problem for the Patriots all year. But I feel like this is a game that Mac Jones has to win. He can just manage. I think the Patriots defense is going to is going to have a really good game. I, I think they're going to obviously turn. They're going to force a couple turnovers. And I think Damian Harris had a pretty good game in the running game. So I got the Patriots going to one and one and winning this game 20 to 10 over the Jets. But Justin, can Zach Wilson beat Mac Jones for his first NFL win? Um, I don't think they will. I have the Pats winning this one 23 14. As you mentioned, Bill's been great against rookie quarterbacks. He schemes up always a great, great game plan. You know, two was the first one that got him last year as a rookie quarterback in his career. Um, I thought for the for Zach Wilson in week one, I thought the game really started to slow down for him in the second half. I didn't, I thought he played better than he did in the first half. Um, but I really like the Patriots pass rush last week. Judon, um, I think he was the one that forced the um, that late interception to Tua that the Patriots ended up fumbling and you know ended up losing anyways. Um, but I like Barmore too. He was you know their rookie out of pick out of Oklahoma. He didn't have a ton in the stat sheet, but he was kind of in the backfield and giving the Dolphins problems all game, I felt like. So I think the Patriots will get a pass rush against, you know, Jets that they already lost. Um, they held back. No, I didn't mention that. Beckton's going to be a big loss. I think that's another, yeah. another reason the Patriots defense has a big game. Is Beckton's, Beckton's a huge factor in this game. His loss is going to be big. Yeah, absolutely. The Jets really couldn't run the ball either last week. So I think the Patriots are going to do whatever they want. And I, I think Matt Jones makes enough plays. I thought he played pretty well. They didn't really make any mistakes out there. So the two fumbles kind of killed him, as you mentioned, the field goals. So I think the Patriots get it done on the road 23-14. Yeah, so you were a fan of Mac Jones's performance uh, uh, last week. What made you what, – what, what did you like most about his performance? You know, I thought the game to him kind of just, you know, um, just, you know, the game – the, the speed of the game really didn't seem to affect him. I like that they took a couple shots with him. Um, they co- t- took a couple deep shots with him. I think he managed the game really well. Again, he did everything he had to do to kind of put his team, put the Patriots in position to win the game. Um, I think he made some good throws. I think he controlled the line very well. He, he looked like um, he was good in the pocket. You know, I, he's got a great feel in the pocket. So I, all around, I thought he played really, really well. And I liked that the you know they tried giving him the game ball, but he said, you know, I don't. Or after, or they tried after his first touchdown, they tried giving him the ball and he didn't want it. He said, "You know, that's I'm going to score many more. You know, we got to find a way to win this game." He said so. Um, I, I like his mentality, so I, I think the sky's the limit for Mac right now. And I, you know, um, he, he put him in position to win that game last week. Yeah, I thought he played well. I thought some guys around him didn't help him. I thought you know, you could, Damian Harris, he had a good game. But he cannot fumble that football. You cannot fumble that ball. You're right near the goal line, right about to score. You cannot fumble that ball. I know he's rushed for 100 yards, but the big that 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 play helped 
was it was a big reason why they, they lost that game. So you can't fumble that ball. And Jacoby Myers has got to catch that ball, you know, on on third down. He's got to catch that catch that ball too. Those guys got to step up around Mac Jones. That's that that's the that's the issue here. It's been the issue for the last three years with the Patriots. Is these skill guys have? I mean, yes, Damian Harris had a pretty good year last year, and Jacoby Myers was okay. But these skill guys have not stepped up around their quarterback. You want to talk about how bad Cam, Cam Newton was not good last year, but also he didn't have help. These skill guys need to need to step up. That that, that plain and simple. Yeah, absolutely, they do. You know, um, I think you know, like Judon's got to get more involved. Um, you know, he didn't do much at all. Yeah, you know, Harris has to do it. You know, James White is, is going to have a much better year as a pass catcher because you know um, the screen's going to work. You know, fits a lot more with Mac than it did with Cam last year. So I think you're going to see a lot more James White this year. But yeah, like Hunter Henry, you know, you hope he stays on the field, but. You know, Aguilar's your number one you really can't trust. Yeah, Jacoby Myers, he's got to take more. He's not a great wide receiver, but, yeah, times last year he stepped up. He's got to make that catch there, as you mentioned. He's got to, yeah, he's got to kind of, again, he's not a conventional number two wide receiver, but he has to be on this team right now. So, yeah, these guys, if they're going to be a playoff team, yeah, these weapons have to step up. You know, they're paying Nelson Aguilar as a top 25 wide, top 25 wide receiver. He's got to play like one. Um you know, I know he caught the touchdown last week, but yeah, they 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 need these skill guys if they want to get anywhere. They need these skill guys to really step up and help Mac Jones because um, I, I thought Mac, you know, played well and you know, I there's a couple throws. I think one was to, um, I one was Myers. It was a you know a little low, but it, again, for the most part, yeah, he he kind of put you know put the ball where it needed to be, and yeah, they couldn't really help him out. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see what happens this week. Patriots got to beat the Jets. Can you see what's what's coming up for the Patriots? They they got two brutal home games. They got the Saints, and they got when we all know get the home game after that. We don't need to bring that one up. But yeah, so two brutal brutal home games coming up uh, for the Patriots. So they got to win this one at MetLife Stadium on Sunday afternoon. But we're gonna stay in the AFC East, and we got an AFC East matchup down in Miami as the Bills, the only one Bills, face the one and zero Dolphins uh, in Miami, and. In this game, I feel like Brian Dable is the reason the Bills lost that game to the Steelers was they got to run the ball. Devin Singletary averaged 6.5 yards a carry. Why are you throwing the ball 51 times and and and, and when when the Steelers are getting pressure on Josh Allen? So I thought Brian Dable, he's a good offensive coordinator, but he called a poor game on Sunday against the Steelers. So, but I think he's a smart guy. He's going to learn from this, and I feel like the Bills are fine. I think I think the last two losses. The, the loss in the AFC Championship game against against the Chiefs and 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 the loss on Sunday, it, I, I think they're finally learning that they got to start running the football. You know, protecting that defense. Take you, you can't put it, Josh Allen is a is a top quarterback, but you can't put it all on Josh Allen. You got to use the running game. I feel like the Bills will give De, Devin Singletary more carries. I think he's going to have a really good game. I feel like Josh Allen's going to have a good game. And and the thing is with the Dolphins, Tua, you know, was. Four for and you saw you watched the game against the Patriots. He was, I think, three for fourteen on balls that were um, more than ten yards down the field. I think you know I think the Dolphins will have a decent day offensively, but I just cannot pick a team with a quarterback that can't push the ball down the field to beat Josh Allen. I just can't see two two in the Dolphins being two and zero oh, and Josh Allen and the Bills being zero and two. That's why I'm taking the Bills twenty seven twenty on Sunday. But Justin. Can the Dolphins' defense contain Josh Allen, and can Tua make enough plays for them to take control of the AFC East? You know, as you mentioned, yeah, they, that Buffalo really did not run the football at all. You know, the Dolphins are going to blitz Josh Allen. I thought, you know, Pittsburgh that has 
some great pass rushers did a great job again to Josh Allen last week. Um, the Dolphins are going to try to do same, some of the same stuff. I think they'll get to him, but as you know, I, I think Josh Allen's going to make some more plays than Tua. Yeah, I think Tua as well last week under duress last week he was like 0 for four as well um, with an interception. So he struggled against the blitz last week. Um, and as you mentioned too, just guy that's not going to make the big play. And it's tough to beat the Buffalo Bills when you you don't really have the big play ability. Miami's great, again, at getting takeaways when they need it. Um, I, I could kind of see them keeping it close, getting getting a takeaway or two. But I, I think Buffalo's kind of – if Buffalo can, you know, possess the you know time of possession here, run the football, especially in the heat down in Miami. You know, something they're not used to too up in Buffalo. Like, if you know, I could see Tua kind of hat in this Miami team. If, if they keep Josh Allen off the field in this Buffalo defense out there that's not used to heat and humidity – I could see Miami sneaking this one out, but I think Buffalo makes enough enough plays. I think they're just they're just too good of a team to start 0-2 and I Buffalo 24-20 on the road. We got an AFC matchup in Pittsburgh as the Las Vegas Raiders coming off their Monday night win uh, will go to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. And in this game, I just feel like the Steelers uh, – I, I think the Raiders will have a little bit more success running the ball with uh, – with, with, with Josh Jacobs in this game, but I think the problem is going to be for the Raiders. Is I think they're going to have a really, really. You saw in the beginning of that Monday night game against the uh, against the Ravens, they're going to have a really, really hard time protecting David uh, Derek Carr. I think I think the Raiders definitely have the better quarterback in this game, but I think the Steelers have the have the definitely have the better roster and and the better defense. I think they force a turnover or two from Derek Carr. I think that uh, I think that on offense they run the ball with Najee Harris. I think he has a big day on the ground. I do think that Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, you know put pressure on Big Ben. But and at the end of the day, being at home, I got the Steelers going to 2-0 and beating the Raiders 27-17. But, Justin, uh, can Derek Carr continue to stay hot and help the Raiders get off to a 2-0 start? I think they'll keep it close, but I have Pittsburgh win this game 27-20. As we saw last week, you know, I think Baltimore – Again, with all the injuries, you kind of look, you know, it could be a long year for the Ravens. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, they really showed to get the ball going with Josh Jacobs, you know, running the ball. I think they will have, a, you know, some more success doing that. But, um, but yeah, as you mentioned, I, I the way Pittsburgh got after Josh Allen and the Bills last week, I think Derek Carr is going to have a really long day, as you mentioned. Monday night, especially in that first half, Derek Carr really just had – he's just running for his life. I could see something like that again where Pittsburgh has like 14 points off turnovers. Um, I think it's going to be a tough one, especially too because Gruden loves to, you know, he loves those speed wide receivers and he likes to run a lot of deep routes. But, you know, if Carr doesn't have a lot of time, it's kind of tough for your wide receivers to get down the field in, you know, two seconds. So I I think, you know, the Raiders will move the ball. They they will score some points. But I just think this – I think Pittsburgh defense is going to – be a little bit too much for the Raiders, and Pittsburgh finds a way to Pittsburgh finds a way to get the win. The 49ers head east again this week to face the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think in this game, I think the Niners, even though they lost Raheem Mostert, 
most I think they still with Kyle Shanahan. I still think they run the ball really, really well against this Eagles defense. The Eagles really had trouble stopping the run uh, last week in the first half against the Falcons. Even though the Falcons only scored six points, they still had trouble stopping the run in the first half. So I think they, I think the forty the the 49ers moved the ball. Jimmy Garoppolo has a good game. George Kittle has a good game. Debo Samuel has a good game. So I think they moved the ball. And I feel like Jalen Hurts will play well, but I think they'll be at the Niners will force a turnover there. I do think Devontae Smith will have a good game because the Niners secondary is banged up as we saw. They almost gave, the Niners almost gave up a 41 to 17 lead to the Lions. So I think that the Eagles definitely can stay in this game, especially with Jalen Hurts in the passing game and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. I think the Eagles can stay in this game. But at the end of the day, I'm going with the team with a better roster. And I got the 49ers beating the Eagles 30 to 23. But Justin, can Jalen Hurts and the D line lead the Eagles to an upset win in their home opener? It'd be tough, but I, you know, I have the Niners though winning this one, twenty-three to twenty-one. Um, I may be taking a little bit too much of what I saw from the Eagles last week of keeping this thing close, but um, I, I thought Hurts played well. Um, I know it's a very weak Falcon defense. I understand that, but you know, Hurts isn't the most talented guy out there. But I think he he's always going to give you a chance. You know, he's a leader. You know, um, you know, he's been through a lot, so I, I think Hurts is going to keep him. In this game, I liked how um, Devontae Smith and Jalen Rieger played. If they can get on the ball, I think they'd be able to score some points in this game. Um, I, you know, the Eagles' defensive line, I think, can get some pressure on the Niners. If they could do that, we've seen Jimmy G kind of struggle against against pressure. He's prone to have a turnover, too. I think that could happen in this game. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, if the Eagles' front, front seven could kind of stop the run early on and make – the Niners one-dimensional. I think the Eagles have a very good chance of winning this game. I don't think that's going to be – I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I think the Niners are able to do enough, you know, their second week here out in the East Coast. But um, I think the Niners hold off the Eagles 23-21. to We have the Rams uh, heading to Indianapolis this week to face the Colts. And uh, in this game, we don't know if Eric Fisher is going to play. Julian Davenport was a total disaster at left tackle in that Seattle game. He was terrible at left tackle in the Seattle game. And I feel like the Rams with Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald, I know the Colts' offensive line is good. And I think they'll obviously play better this week, but I still think the Rams' defensive line will be a factor. And I feel like Matthew Stafford is going to have a good game against against this Colts' defense. With his own coverage, they play. He'll get the ball to Cooper Cup. Get the ball to Robert Woods. And for the Colts and Carson Wentz, I feel like, you know, Wentz will play okay, but I think the Rams will force a turnover. And at the end of the day, I feel like that's going to be enough for the Rams to win. And that's why I got the Rams going to 2-0. and I got the Rams beating the Colts 26-17 to Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis. But, Justin, can the can Wentz, the Colts offensive line, and their defense bounce back to pull off the upset win? I, I don't think they will be able to. I get the Rams 27-20. to um, the Colts usually defense is to kind of stop the big plays, but Seattle was very successful in that last week. And I thought watching Matthew Stafford last weekend, he looks like a totally different quarterback. And I think that's what happens when you actually finally have some good coaching around you. And I think the Rams are going to have some big plays out there with, with um, Cooper Cup, um, you know, Woods. And I, I think the Colts, I think Woods is able to move the ball because the Bears had some success moving the ball last week. But I, I think it's, you know, when they get to the red zone, when they get close, I, I think the Rams force a turnover too. Uh, as you mentioned, Eric Fisher may not play. So, yeah, I think the Rams defense is going to get some pressure on Carson once and, you know, force a turnover too. And I think the Rams will do enough in this game. Um, and they win this 127 20. 
We got an AFC matchup in Cleveland, and you wouldn't think these records are real, but it's the 1-0 Texans versus the 0-1 Browns. But you got a matchup with one of the worst rosters in the league in the Houston Texans against against uh, one of the best rosters in the league in the Cleveland Browns, and that's what's going to show up on Sunday. I feel like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt run all over this Texans defense. I know the Texans won last week, but they played a team that might be the worst in football. That's a total disaster, and we'll get to them. That's a complete disaster right now. But, yeah, I think I think that uh, – I think the, the Baker Mayfield has a good game. I think Jarvis Landry has a good game. It doesn't matter if Odell Beckham plays or not. And I feel like in this game, Tyrod Taylor can't manage this game. I feel like he, he probably won't, won't, won't make any mistakes, but it's just very, very hard to play from behind with Tyrod Taylor. That's why I got the Browns winning their first game, beating the Texans 31-13. But, Justin, can the Texans force – forced a couple turnovers like they did from Trevor Lawrence last week and pull off a major upset in Cleveland. It's always possible with Baker Mayfield, but I don't see it. I think it's, this is 2017. I think Texans scored like a late one to kind of make it somewhat, you know, respectable. But, yeah, you know, much different opponent this week for the Texans. Um, you know, we saw that final throw on the final drive last week, Baker, that interception, just a terrible throw um, that was picked off. Again, like, you know, it – Baker's always prone to those. He was better last year. Um, but I, I think, I, again, I think it's one of the games where Baker only has to throw the ball like 13, 14 times. Yeah, he won't be able to throw it much in this game now. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think they have the ball for about 35, 40 minutes. They're just able to kind of just do whatever they want against this Houston's defense. Um, if Houston can, you know, get a couple turnovers, you're in much better position when, you know, you're positive in the turnover margin. I don't really see – that, you know, the text. I just don't see many opportunities where Baker Mayfield's going to have to throw the ball in this game. So I, I got Cleveland kind of just, I think, yeah, Chubb Hunt is just going to run all over the, the Houston defense. We got an NFC South matchup in Carolina as the 1 0 Saints face the 1 0 Panthers. And as we know, the Saints have been dealing with COVID issues this week as five coaches on their staff. Uh, I, I have, have, t- have tested positive for COVID, and uh, and but I do think that if it, it, I, I do think despite that, I feel like the Saints they played really well against the Packers this week, and I feel like you know their offense will still do a pretty good job against the Panthers. I think Winston will play well. I think Camaro will play well. I do think the Saints defense will force a turnover from Sam Darnold because I know that the Panthers won last week. But they only scored 19 points. Their offense was not great in the second half. I do think the Saints have a really good run defense, although it contained McCaffrey. I think this game comes down to the end. I think both defense forces a turnover. But I think I do think the Saints come out of this game with a win, and that's why I got the Saints going to 2-0, beating the Panthers 27-23. But, Justin, can Sam Darnold keep the momentum going for the Panthers and get them a win in the division? It's going to be hard. You know, the Saints look great. I had the Saints get on the road to winning this game 24-17. Um, you know, Sam played pretty well, I thought, last week. I, you know, threw a shot up to Robbie Anderson for a touchdown. They dumped it off a lot to McCaffrey. I believe he had eight or nine catches. I, you know, and I, I think if they do that this week, I think the Saints are going to be able to slow that down. Um, you know, I thought, you know, against a Jet defense, it still is a work in progress. I thought they probably should have put more points up on the board. It was enough to win. Um, I was very – uh, you know, the, we saw what the same defense did to the Packers last week. I think it's going to be a long day for Sam Donald. I'm with you. I think Sam probably makes a mistake or two. Um, as long as Jameis can, you know, stay away from, you know, two, three interceptions, I think the Saints should be fine in this game. Um, it, it's going to be tough for Sam in this offense to, really, um, to knock off the Saints in this one. 
We got we got Andy Dalton facing his former team in Chicago. He shouldn't be. He should be on the bench. But he's facing his former team in Chicago this Sunday as the Bears host the Bengals. And I think this is a really close competitive game. I feel like Joe Burrow will have a good day in the passing game. I feel like Joe Mixon will have a pretty good day in the run game too. I think Jamar Chase will have a good game as well. And I do think the Bears, I think David Montgomery has a big game for them. But obviously the difference is going to be I feel like that Joe Burrow, the, the guy the, the Bengals drafted number one overall, Beats the former Bengals quarterback Andy Dalton. I think Dalton has a turn. I think the Bengals defense forces a turnover from Andy Dalton. And I think you know, I think this will be the game where you know everyone in Chicago is going to want Andy Dalton bench and Justin Fields to be the starter. As I got the Bengals, it's crazy to say this. I got the Bengals going to two and zero, beating the Bears twenty three twenty. But Justin, can Andy Dalton beat his former team for the second year in a row and get the Bears their first win? It's possible. Um, I thought the Bears moved the ball, as I mentioned, you know, we were talking about the Rams. I thought the Bears moved the ball pretty well last week. I just bear, I, I had the Bengals winning 21-20. Um, I just – I think Dalton makes a mistake in the red zone or two like last week, you know. Um, yeah, it's probably time to put Joseph Fields out there. If Fields has the nine, you know, the nine-yard uh, completion to get, it, get him in the red – or get him, like, first and goal and then – Next play, Andy Dalton throws a turnover uh, or throws an interception. But I, I think the Bears probably kick too many, you know, kick a field goal or two when they're close to red zone. And I think Joe Burrow and their off in the Bengals offense score touchdowns in this game. So I think Dalton moves the ball. I think Montgomery does have a big day um, on the ground. I think um, Mooney and um, and Al Robinson make some big plays in the passing game. But I just I I think Cincinnati's offense a bit better and. I have Cincinnati going to another this week. We got an AFC matchup down in Jacksonville, and we got the Broncos heading down there to face the Jaguars. And the Jaguars were, bar none, the worst team in week one. You can't debate anyone else was worse. I mean, they, that 37-21 score wasn't even indicative of the game. They were down 37-14, and then Trevor Lawrence uh, threw a, a touchdown in garbage time. Trevor Lawrence struggled through, through three interceptions. Uh, and and uh, the defense was absolutely terrible. They allowed Brand- they brought two of these crazy plays to Brandon Cooks, which two, which he made two great catches on. The defense was absolutely terrible, giving up 37 points to the Houston Texans. I know it was a division game, but still, you give up 37 points to the Houston Texans. Your defense is absolutely terrible. And I think it's going to be more of the same this week. I feel like the Denver's going to run the football with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater will not turn the ball over against this defense. You almost get that's almost a lock that Bridgewater won't turn the ball over against this defense. And I feel like this Broncos defense will be will get pressure on Trevor Lawrence and force a couple other mistakes from Trevor Lawrence. That's why I got the Broncos going to two and zero and winning twenty six to ten against the Jaguars. But Justin, can Trevor Lawrence bounce back and help the Jags pull the upset? I don't see that. I don't think that's coming. Uh, I got Denver 27-17. Trevor Lawrence coming in, you know, high school and college, it's 86-4 career, you know, only four losses in his career. Uh, he's going to get used to a lot of losing this year. The Jaguars just so, so unprepared last week. Um, it's going to be a long year for Urban Meyer and that team. Um, I, you know, Lawrence being a, you know, I didn't think Lawrence looked great. Again, he doesn't have a ton of talent around him. Um, I know that line's still big work in progress, but you know, this, this Denver team is a lot better than the Denver defense is a lot better than the Texas defense. He's got to face this week. Um, I think it's going to be a long, long, uh, year for him. 
I think he makes a couple of plays. I think, you know, one probably garbage time once again. Makes the score a little bit respectable. Uh, but I think this line struggles. I think Dane Robinson could, you know, uh, get something going in the ground game, but not much. Um, I have Denver win this game 27 to 17. And the big story is about this game is does, has Urban Meyer lost his team already? I mean, re- I mean, it just seemed like it on Sunday. It seemed like, you know, or it just it doesn't seem like, you know, he's really in control of the NFL game. It just seems like, you know, his team just went out there and was absolutely terrible. And I think it starts with the head coach. And I, and I thought Urban Meyer could be pretty good because, you know, he knows a lot of the college players and stuff. But I think he's having a really, really hard time adjusting to the NFL game. I, I think so, too. Again, I think it's the same thing when you talk college basketball and kind of NBA. It's, it's kind of that thing where – you know, you know, Urban's a guy that's going to get into you. And in college, you can do that because, you know, guys want to get, you know, guys want to get to that next level. They want to push that next level. At this level, it's like, I'm making so much more money than you. Why am I, you know, like, like I'm not going to deal with it. So I, I think he has. I think I've heard he's lost the coaching staff because it's he's trying to do what college is and trying to control everything. And, let, and, and you know, and, that, and that's even worse. If, if you lose the coaching staff, you're on the same page with the coaching staff. Yeah. With with the roster they have, that that this season could be a disaster. I'm telling you, if it's a two and fifteen, he could he this could, he could be out of here after one year. Yeah, no, I I, I could see it because it it's not because like, college is so you can kind of control your staff, but at the at the NFL level, you gotta let you know your coaches kind of do what you kind of brought them in to do. You can't control every aspect of it as an NFL coach. It's not like college, so yeah, I I, I could see it being very very possible. I know, um, you know. That your USC job's open now, so maybe you know. Maybe, maybe, we'll we'll maybe, get to that. I wouldn't be surprised if he took that job. Know. They go like they go one and sixteen, two and fifteen. I would not be surprised if Urban Meyer took that job. But we got to get to the four o'clock games, and the biggest game of the four o'clock delay is the Cowboys heading to LA to face the Chargers. And uh, I think this is going to be a fun, high-scoring game. I know Lyle Collins is out for the Cowboys, but I think this is, this is going to be a really, really interesting game between these two teams. I feel like the difference, though, between the Cowboys this week, last week, and this week is Ezekiel Elliott will have a better game on the ground. I feel like he's going to definitely have a better, much better game on the ground than he. I don't think he's a great running back anymore, but I feel, still think he's a good running back. I think he'll have a good game on the ground against against the, against the Chargers. It'll help keep that you know, Cowboys defense off the field. I think this game goes back and forth. I think Dak has another big game. I think Justin Herbert has another big game. I think they both throw at least two touchdown, a couple touchdown passes. I think they both throw at least a couple touchdown passes in this game. And I, but I hate to say this, I got the Cowboys. I can't see Dak starting 0 2. I got the Cowboys going 1 and 1, beating the beating the Chargers on Sunday, 31 to 27. But Justin, can Justin Herbert continue his red hot play and help the Chargers get to 2 and 0? I believe they will. I got the Chargers to win this one, 20 to 23. Um, the Dallas defense looked a little bit improved. Again, it wasn't great, but I thought there is some improvement. I like the way Mika Parsons played last week. I think he'll get even better. I think the defense will get better for Dallas as the year goes on. Um, but I thought the Chargers played pretty well against a very good Washington defense. Um, I think, you know, I think they should torch this this secondary, this weak secondary, just like Tampa Bay did. I, you know, Keenan Allen, big day. Um, you know, their other wide receivers, um, I, I think are going to have some huge, huge games or huge game this week. Um, and I thought that Chargers offensive line played really, really well. For the new pieces, I thought they played well against one of the best pass rushes in you know in the league in Washington. I, I you know I don't see Dallas getting any pressure whatsoever, and I think Herbert's gonna be able to stand back there and just pick apart Dallas, whatever which way. 
And I see the Chargers getting one at home 20-23. Yeah, this is definitely a game the Cowboys got to win. Because everybody said, you know, I know you're picking the Chargers, but I feel like it's a game the Cowboys got to win. Because everybody's saying, you know, they were kind of, you know, Cowboy fans are thinking it was, it's a moral victory, you know, almost beating the Buccaneers. And I got to give that credit. He played a great game. But if they lose this one, they're owing to, they, they, you know, that Tampa Bay game doesn't count as a win. It counts as a loss. Even though you were close, it counts as a loss. So they, the Cowboys definitely have to win this game. I feel like, you know, I feel like Zach, I feel like Zach Martin being back is definitely going to obviously help them. And, but Lyle Collins is going to hurt them in pass protection. But I feel like Tyron Smith had a great game against the Bucs. I think he'll have a great game again against the uh, Chargers. And uh, I do think Dak's going to have a really good game. That's why I hate to say it. I do have the Cowboys winning it. Yeah, I could see it. You know, um, Dak played well. You know, they again, that Tampa Bay secondary is the weakest part of that team. And, you know, yeah, they picked them apart. And I thought, too, like, Tampa just kept handing Dallas opportunities. Like, yeah, Dallas was close. Dallas played well. But it was like Tampa Bay just kind of just shot themselves in the foot multiple times. You know, because Godwin scores, you know, you know, right at the end before that, you know, he fumbles, you know, uh, what, like four minutes left. That's a two-score game. Like, you know, Dallas wouldn't be coming back from that. So, I, I thought, you know, Dallas played well. Dak played well. He looked good. But, you know. I, I thought some of it too was Tampa Bay kind of just gave Dallas opportunity to stay in close in that game as well. Yeah, I mean they turned the ball over three times. Four, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll give that. I won't really count that turnover before the half. They turned the ball over three times, so the Cowboys were plus two in the. So they won the turnover battle. They were plus two in, in turnover margin. So yeah, I mean the Cowboys, Tampa Bay definitely. I mean the Godwin, the Godwin fumble, the fumble by the fumble by uh, I think it was the fumble by Fournette. The two the two fumbles they had. Yes, they gave Dallas every opportunity to win that game. But still, Dak played a great game, and, and uh, the Cowboys are definitely a team that could very easily that could very easily be that very easily could be a playoff team this year. They proved that. They proved that they probably should be the favorite in the NFC East, uh, even though they lost the game to the Bucks. But still, yes, yes, Tampa Bay did give them opportunities in that game. You're right about that. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and absolutely, Dak, Dak played really, really well coming off that you know that you know gruesome leg injury. You know, you don't know what he was going to look like. Yeah, he played really well. Um, he kind of tore Tampa Bay apart. Yeah, he kept them in that game. Um, yeah, so far, Dallas, Dallas looks like they could be a playoff team. I think that defense is going to prove, and that offense is going to put up points against, you know, pretty much any defense in the league. So, yeah, I, I think Dallas right now has looked like the best NFC East team so far. They look like they could very well be a uh, playoff team. But, yeah, this week, it, it's a huge week. I know even in the NFC East, you really can't start 0-2. You're putting yourself in a hole. I know it's been two, you know, Chargers could be fighting, you know, kind of in the end there for a wild card. And obviously Tampa Bay is a, um, is a Super Bowl contender, one of the favorites. So, yeah, you still can't start one too. But um, I thought Dallas, Dallas, you know, Dallas still played, um, played, played a good game on the road. Absolutely, absolutely. We got the Titans traveling out to Seattle uh, on Sunday, and uh, this should be a fun, exciting game. I think the Titans will definitely play better this week than they did last week. I feel like Derrick Henry will obviously have a better game on the ground. I think Ryan Tannehill has a bounce-back week, gets the ball to Julio Jones, and he gets the ball to uh, to A.J. Brown. But the problem is I think the Seahawks' defense, Seahawks offense completely you know, controls this game with Chris Carson. I think Russell Wilson throws for another four touchdown passes. I feel like Tyler Lockett and uh, D.K. Metcalf have a couple touchdowns in this game too. I think this is a close, competitive, high-scoring game, but I got the Seahawks going to 2-0, beating the Titans 34-27. But, Justin, can Henry and Tannehill bounce back and pull off an upset in Seattle? They have all the weapons in the world to kind of stay with 
Seattle and pull off the upset here. But I have Seattle at home in this game, 31 to 23. Um, yeah, their offense has to be a lot better. Their offensive line got absolutely exposed. Expose Chandler Jones was just absolutely took tail Lawan to school. And I know it was Taylor Lawan's first game back. He missed all of last or most of last or yeah, all of last year. So I know who played better this week. But um, you know Tennessee was very concerned. You know, um, I know it's only week one, so I, you know, I can't put a ton of stock into it so really early in the year. Uh, but it's a very good Seattle team. This offense, I think, is going to be able to be able to do what they want. I think Tennessee's going to keep pace for, the, for a while with Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. They're going to be able to put points. But, at, you know, on the road, I just don't see Ryan Tannehill having the ability to outschool Russell Wilson um, in Seattle. It's not happening, so – I've Seattle 31-23. NFC South matchup in Tampa as the Falcons travel down to Tampa to face the Bucs, and this should be an easy win for the Buccaneers. Tom Brady should should have a, should have a huge day. Uh, I mean, the defense for the Bucs should shut down Atlanta's running game. Matt Ryan will throw – I think Matt Ryan might throw a pick or two. You got the best team in the NFL against a team that has no direction, and that's why I got the Bucs uh, winning 34-17. This is the one game that was even worth the question because I know you got the Bucs too. Yeah, I got the Bucks thirty-four to twenty. Um, yeah, Tampa, Tampa Bay should absolutely, you know, Tom Brady should have another huge day in the air. Uh, they should be able to do whatever they want against this defense. Uh, Atlanta will put up some points against the secondary. Um, can Arthur Smith this week actually try to put a game plan around for Kyle Pitts? Because I, yeah, I don't know I, what happened last week. I don't know why Kyle Pitts didn't get the ball that much. No, I, I don't either, especially against the Eagles. Linebacker court, that's not great. So, you know, uh, this week may be kind of hard with Tampa Bay's linebacker court, but still you have a absolute beast in confidence out there. But, yeah, not a good start to Atlanta, 34-20. Uh, Buccaneers get the win. Got an NFC matchup out in Arizona as the Vikings head out to Arizona. And I don't think this game's going to be – I think this game, you know, I have it 34-20, but I don't think this game's going to be that close because I feel like Chandler Jones is going to continue to – to be a beast, he's going to continue to put a ton of pressure on Kirk Cousins as the Vikings' offensive line was a disaster last week against the Bengals. And they were able to score 24 points, but the Cardinals' defense is definitely better than the Bengals. I feel like Kyler Murray is going to do whatever he wants with the ball. I feel like he's going to be able to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore. They're going to be able to run it with James Conner and uh, and Chase Edmonds. I feel like the Cardinals' offense is putting up over 30 points. And uh, for the Vikings, I feel like they might score a little bit, maybe late in the game, maybe in garbage time. You know, Cousins will hit, you know. You know, Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen, but I feel like the Cardinals are definitely the better team, and I got them winning, going to 2-0, winning 34-20 over the Vikings. But, Justin, can the Vikings offense keep up with the Cardinals in the desert to give them their first win? It's going to be tough. I have um, Arizona win this game 31-24. I think they keep it close. Um, I think Dalvin Cook, it's going to be tough to get something going, but if they can, I and try to keep Kyle Murray off the field. I think it's going to help tremendously. But as you mentioned, yeah, I just – I don't see Minnesota being able to stop Chandler Jones because, again, then, you know, you open up things for J.J. Watt on the other side. So I see Arizona getting a lot of, you know, pass rush. I could see them rushing, um, you know, Kirk Cousins. He makes some he makes some mistakes in this game. That puts Minnesota in a tough spot. Um, you know, I, I think Minnesota has the offense to keep up with them. But I just think Arizona has a little bit too much. I don't, you know. I just don't think Minnesota is going to do a very good job of protecting Kirk, uh, Kirk Cousins. So I got the Cardinals moving to 2-0, and I may be wrong. Am I, I'm very worried. I have them going 8-9 and 
very worried about that. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they yeah. look good. Yeah, I don't think that prediction's holding up. That prediction is not holding up. I mean, I, I know Cliff Kingsbury is a very is not has not proven to be a good NFL head coach, but that roster with with you add JJ Watt. I mean, I know JJ Watt's not as good as he used to be. But you have JJ Watt now. You add Chandler Jones, who people forget. He got hurt at, at the beginning of last. He missed most of last season due to injury. Obviously, you have Isaiah Simmons now at linebacker in year two. Buda Baker in the middle, and that offense. I mean, Kyler Murray, who is who is a top ten quarterback. You had Rodney Hudson at center. Uh, you obviously got the best, the best receiver in the league, in DeAndre Hopkins. That roster. I know their division is tough, but that roster is winning more than half their games. That that's definitely happening. Yeah. Seeing what they did on Sunday. So yeah, they, they, there's no way that team's going eight nine. But we got to move to the Sunday night game. We got the Chiefs heading to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And I think early in this game, the Ravens might stay in it because they'll be able to run the football. I think they'll be able to run the ball. And oh, they have a bunch of injuries at running back, but they weren't able to, they weren't, they were, they, didn't have, they had a little, they had some sort of a running game against the Chiefs. So I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit. But the problem in this game is, is the, the Baltimore, especially their, their, their corners without Marcus Peters, they got no answer for, for Kansas City in the passing game. I feel like Mahomes is going to throw three or four touchdowns in this game. He's going to get the ball to Kelsey, he's going to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. It'd be interesting to see what Baltimore does if they play a little bit more zone coverage, but I don't think it's going to matter. I got the Chiefs winning this game, and I got the Chiefs winning it 31-20 to 20 over the Ravens. But, Justin, can the Ravens' run game keep Mahomes off the field long enough for them to finally beat the Chiefs? It's possible, but I don't see it happening. I Pretty close to the same score as you. I Chiefs 31-21. to 21. Um, Their running game – you know, again, it's so banged up right now. It's tough to rely on Lamar Jackson to really make some big plays through the air. Uh, you know, the Raiders, Raiders kind of just sat back and covered three and just, you know, you know, and Lamar tried to take some shots and he really take what the defense gave him. And as we know, the NFL is a big copycat league, so I could see the Chiefs kind of coming out with that strategy. Uh, again, if the Ravens can get control the ball and keep Mahomes off the field, they have a, they, you know, that's how you, that's the formula to beat the, to beat the Chiefs, but I just don't see it happening right now. Um, you know, they just, again, with all the injuries, Tyson Williams, I thought, played well, but again, with their defense isn't, you know, obviously with the injuries to Marcus Peters and, and, you know, and I just don't see them making enough stops to kind of keep Lamar Jack in this game long enough where they have the ability to run the football and they're going to have to come back through, you know, Lamar's going to have to make some throws with his arm, and I just don't see that happening, and I have the Chiefs win this one, 31-21. And the thing is, is the problem with the Ravens is they just really can't rush forward. They really can't really get generate that pass rush without blitzing, and that forces those corners to play man coverage. You saw at the end of the game on uh, on Monday night, they, they ran that, that zero blitz. I mean, Shea Jones ran right past one of the best corners in the league mm-hmm. in, in, uh, in Merlin Humphrey, so I just don't it's just a, it's just a I, I know you know they could they could, they may be able to keep the chiefs off the field running the ball but they just don't match up well with them on offense at all no absolutely not they they don't um they just they don't you know the the injuries have really hurt the I mean, team i think it's i, I mean not defense at all yeah yeah the yeah, peters just, injury the peters injury has destroyed him it's huge yeah no absolutely has you know it, it has he's one of the best corners of the game you know uh and yeah, you saw it. You know they play a ton of man coverage. They don't, you know, it, you know they they just had no answer. Carford threw for over 400 yards, and you know their cards a good quarterback, and, and the Raiders have some good weapons, but nothing like they're going to see this week. Like Travis Kelsey, 
they couldn't guard Darren Waller. Kelsey could have 15 catches. And then you got to worry about Tyree Kill on top of that. And then the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a long day for the Ravens defense. Um, I could see them giving up 35. I could see giving up more. Uh, I think Ravens, you know, stay on the field long enough to, you know, kind of keep it under control for a bit. But, yeah, I just don't see the Ravens defense having any answer for Kansas City's um, offense. Not at all, not at all, not at all. So we'll wrap up talking about the Monday night game, and we got the Lions heading to Green Bay to face the Packers in an NFC North matchup. And I think this is closer. This is a closer game than people think. I feel like I feel, do feel like the Packers will get that running game going with uh, with Aaron Jones this week. That was a big problem last week. They couldn't get the running game going, and then you know Rodgers had no time to throw the ball at all. And the Saints, you know, defense. Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport were able to pin their ears back and get pressure on Aaron Rodgers. I feel like in this game they will be able to get more of a running game, so I do think Green Bay is going to move the football. But I also do think Jared Goff's going to compete. They, 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 the one thing with the Lions is they don't have a good roster, but they do have competent quarterback play. So that's why I think they won't win a lot of games, but they're going to be competitive. They're going to be they're going to be they're going to be competitive. And they're going to be in a lot of one score games, and I feel like that's going to be the case. You know, this week I feel like Jared Goff's going to compete in this game, get the ball to T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I think golf will have a pretty good game, but I feel like it won't be enough because the Packers are the better team and got the better roster. And that's why I got the Packers winning 31-24 over the Lions. But, Justin, can Jared Goff keep up with Aaron Rodgers to, for the Lions to pull the upset Monday night? I don't see it happening. I have Green Bay winning this one 30-17. Um, I do agree. I think Detroit, you know, is going to stay in a lot of games. I think Dan Campbell, too, with his mentality, I, I think – you know, they're not going to quit, and I think they're going to – you saw it last week. They're, you know, they're not going to lie down very easily. They're going to fight back, you know. It, when the score was 38-10, to 10, uh, you know, the Lions only had 141 yards of offense. After that, where they kind of went on that run there, they had 289 yards after that. So, you know, you kind of – they they struggled, you know, when the Niners, you know, for most of that game. So the Niners let up a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, the Packers – Again, last week, I'm trying not to take away, overreact to week one, but, again, you lost by 35. It is something to take take notice of. Um, and I think, you know, Green Bay maybe off the slow start. Detroit usually plays uh, Green Bay pretty well. I know they don't usually win a lot, but they usually keep this thing tight. Um, I, I could see this happening for a while. I just think Rodgers, they bounce back. Um, you know, I, I think part of it was, too, you know, Rodgers, you know, Green Bay didn't play a ton of, you know, sorry didn't play a ton of preseason. So I think Green Bay will kind of pull away here. But yeah, I think golf plays well, you know, kind of plays well enough, but just can, can't outduel Aaron Rodgers in this game. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. But last week you got me. You went nine and seven. I went seven and nine. So I got to pick it up with these picks. I was not good week one. You were better than me in week one. So we'll see how week two ends up going. But we got a huge pennant race in the, in, the, in the American League with the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Yankees. But before we talk about that, we got an ad from Global Press Media. If you own a business, you know how difficult it can be to get new clients. But what if you had your own sales team? BNI Somerset invites you to join us on Thursday, September 23rd to learn about how BNI Somerset provides a positive, supportive, and structured environment for the development and exchange of quality business referrals. Struggling to find more paying clients or want to take your business to the next level? Our group of business owners have passed hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business to one another. Want to know how we did it? 
On Thursday, September 23rd at 8 a.m., we're hosting an event on Zoom where we show you exactly how BNI Somerset generated client after client for one another and how you could begin to apply the same simple steps to your business too. The reality is, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. BNI Somerset is incredible for building your personal brand and ensuring you are known. Join Somerset BNI's Visitor Day on Thursday, September 23rd at 8 a.m. via Zoom. All are welcome. For more info, visit BNIWNE.com backslash CT dash Northern dash Somerset dash BNI. Businesses thrive by changing when the world changes and the world is changing. BNI Somerset can make sure you don't get left behind. Yeah, that is BNI Somerset. So be sure to, uh, to, to do the Zoom meeting on at 830 on the uh, 23rd. So uh, we'll get into baseball now. And uh, the, we got the uh, we got the wild card race in the American League. Uh, and it is could not be tighter. You got the, Yan- got the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Red Sox all technically tied up. But the Blue Jays and Yankees lead the Red Sox on percentage points. And we'll start with the Yankees. And what we got to head to is Aaron Judge. How amazing has Aaron Judge been? I mean, without him. You could argue the Yankees might have lost you know, t- 10 straight games. And I'm not exaggerating because you get that huge two-run homer against the Mets on Saturday. You get that huge three-run homer against the Twins on uh, Monday. And then uh, and then last night he starts the game with the two-run homer. And thank God Garrett Cole's back because he pitched a really good game last night. Uh, and, uh, and and the Yankees, you know, you know, right now, you know, they obviously haven't played their best in the, in the last week, but they still have a great chance to, to get a wild card spot. Looking at their their upcoming schedule, this is this is the time they really got to take advantage of it. Could take advantage because they got two more games with Baltimore, a three game series with Cleveland, and a three game series with Texas. Because we all know what those final nine games are going to be. You got to go to Boston, you got to go to Toronto, and then you got Tampa. At least maybe Tampa will have everything clinched, but at, at that point, but it's going to be really, 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 really hard. hard. That I mean. I mean uh, and two weeks, that's two weeks. Those, 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 10 days, those, those series at uh, Boston and at Toronto, those are going to be really, really, really tough series. So they, the Yankees really got to take advantage in the next week with the teams they're playing. Yeah, absolutely do. You know, um, I think during this 10 game, you know, the 10 game kind of stand starting on Monday, I thought, you know, eight and two, you know, they have to go eight and two here to feel kind of good. They're already tuned up. So, which is good tonight, you know, another big one because, you know, they're ten and seven against Baltimore, something like that. Now, like they, you know, they kind of struggled. Yeah, yeah, they know. lost two out of three a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, which is absolutely embarrassing. You got to take it to them this weekend because Baltimore's trying to lose. You know, they, they they're not trying to win any ball games here. So, um, yeah, this is a big one. And then Cleveland team, they usually play pretty well. You, you know, you got to get two. You know, it, you probably hope. You know, you probably take two out of three. Their pitching's, you know, pretty good. They're, you know, they've been no hit three times, which is insane, but. You know, that Texas has been playing a bit better. I know they're, they're 54 90, but they've been playing a bit better lately. So, you know, you, but you'd still hope to sweep them. So, yeah, eight and two coming up, you know, during the stretch. And then you, you got to feel good going to Boston because Boston, at some point, they're going to start getting healthy and this COVID issue is going to start going away for them. So, and then you think about that final weekend, you know, if the Yankees haven't clinched yet, and the Rays are probably going to have home field advantage by them. You know they're they're gonna try to knock out the Yankees. Like they're not gonna go full blown try to knock them out, but they're gonna do anything. You know they're gonna, you know, try without kind of you know, 
blowing up their bullpen or something, they're, they're going to try to knock out the Yankees. So that Tampa series, even though they may clinch, it's, it's still not like Tampa's just going to hand them three victories. So I think eight and two during the stretch. And, you know, it, it was nice to get cold peak pitch well last night. So, yeah, you know, this, this, the pitching's got to uh, really step up because oh. – the Mets, the Met, the Mets were able to kind of tattoo you last week. Yeah, the, the pitching was has not been good at all recently for the Yankees. I mean, Heel was not good on Monday. You know, Montgomery was not good Friday night. Uh, Kluber has really struggled since he came off the DL, so he's he's really got to pick it up. Yeah, really outside of Garrett Cole, this rotation's got to start picking it up here because you know because we don't know when Severino's going to is. Do you have any idea when Severino's going to come back? I'm not sure when Severino's going to come back. I- Dickey drew a bullpen last week at some point. Yeah. So, so, like, so the, like he hasn't even started rehabbing yet. This rotation has really got to step up. I mean, the bullpen, you know, the Wise is a huge loss, but you know, Chapman has not been he closed out the game on Saturday against the uh against against the Mets. So the bullpen is definitely shaky too. So that's why the rotation's gotta step up. Because, you know, the bullpen with Wisegow is shaky. You know, the offense has been inconsistent all year. Obviously, thank God for Aaron Judge, you know, hitting those big home runs. Or this team would be in huge trouble right now. This team probably would be like probably two or three games out. So, you know, these are huge games. And they, they just got to they got to they got to do it against these bad teams. They got to beat they got to beat Baltimore. They got to beat Cleveland. Yeah, you said it. You know, you got to go like seven or eight and two in this stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You, you got to, you know, it, it's teams that, you know, yeah, again, like Cleveland, Cleveland's pitching staff is really good. That you know, like this weekend may be tough to score some runs. So, but yeah, you, you again, you have to sweep Baltimore this weekend. You, you got to take advantage because Boston's still fighting. Toronto's on fire right now, and they're not scared of the Yankees. They're going to come out swinging. I know they Tampa finally cooled them off last night, but yeah, it's huge. You know, Cortez has been pretty good this you know this year. Um, you know, goes tonight, and then they have Montgomery tomorrow, which. You know, you hope he has a bounce back start, you know. And then I think Herman is going to come back Friday or Saturday. It's not, you know, I think, you know, Herman's going to come back at some point this weekend, which, again, he's been out for over a month. So we'll see how he looks coming back. But it'd be nice to get him back as well because he pitched pretty well since, you know, May, June-ish. So, yeah, you know, this schedule kind of here is huge. And, you know, Judge – you know, you don't have to give him a nine-year – don't give him an eight, nine-year contract, but give him, like, a four- or five-year deal and give him, like, 20, 25 million, something like that, I guess, because he's been on fire, and you need him right now. Oh, he's their best player. He's clearly their best player, and they got to give him over $30 million. He's clearly their best player. you got to pay Aaron Judge. There's no – I don't care about the injuries. You need to pay Aaron Judge. You definitely need to pay Aaron Judge. You can't tell me you can't pay Aaron. You can't pay Aaron Judge. you got him. You, you have to. As long as I – Six, seven years, I, I'm good with that. But, yeah, 30, he's been healthy all year. I'll give him that. I'm like, because it's really just been the COVID IL since. That's been it. I don't think he's been, you know, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, injury all year. So, he's been healthy. So, hopefully, maybe he has turned the, that corner. So, it again, if he kind of goes, they get to the postseason, he goes off, you know, yeah, give him 30, 35 million. So, it's not a 10-year deal. Uh, I, you know, I guess we should be at the point where we give him, Whatever he wants right now, he has been great. Outstanding, outstanding. And he's in clutch. That's the thing. He's been so yeah. clutch for this team. I mean, you hit those two home runs are humongous. Those are the difference in winning and losing games. I'm definitely paying him. He, he leads the team in home runs, leads the team in RBIs. They, they, they have to. And the big reason why his stats are not Guerrero's stats or Devers' stats is because, you know, these had LeMayu's not had a good year hitting behind him. He hasn't had guys hitting behind him that have had good years. So I'm definitely, absolutely paying Aaron Judge, no question. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. As you mentioned, yeah, the sets are a little bit low because what month was it? Was it like June or was it like late May, June where it was like he was like the only run producer for like a week or two? Like, you know, like he was scoring their only runs at one point. So, yeah, you know, the sets are lower. He's probably still top five in MVP voting. I I would put him there. Uh, but, yeah, like, again, if this offense actually produced like it should have, he definitely could be right there with Guerrero, Otani, um, you know, Denver numbers. He, he'd be right there with the thick of it. So, he's, he's been great. He's, yeah, un- unbelievable, you know, clutch. Because, yeah, Saturday looked like it's, you know, headed for another loss Sunday. Uh, or, I mean, Monday, yeah, down 5 nothing. That's the first time all year they've come back from trailing four runs. And with this offense, that, that shouldn't be the case. That The first time they do that is September 13th. Yeah, it, he, he was a huge part of that on Monday. Absolutely. He, he, he sure was. He absolutely was. And uh, obviously looking at the Yankees' schedule, this is the time where they need to – they need to start playing, you know, really, really good baseball. This is this is where they need to start playing good baseball. Maybe distance themselves a little bit from Toronto and Boston, but still, this is the time where they got to play really, really well. Yeah, absolutely, they do. Um, I know Boston. Boston this weekend has Baltimore, so at, at home, so and the Mets coming up as well. So very possibly the Red Sox can win some games too, and I think Toronto this weekend has, you know, uh, Toronto has Tampa again too. They have Tampa. Tampa. I think Tampa on the road again. So yeah, next I, weekend. Yeah, so, so uh, yeah, yeah. So Boston, in my opinion, has the easiest schedule though. Boston definitely has the easiest schedule. After the, after today against Seattle, they got three with Baltimore. They got three more with Baltimore. They got six with Baltimore. Two with the Mets, and uh, they 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 should at least split in those. And they got three at home with the Yankees, and then they wrap up in Washington. So they have uh, between the three teams. I feel like they definitely have the easiest schedule. And seeing, I, I actually think. They're 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 uh, if you're the Rays, you probably want to if you have to if you're circling which team if you if you're thinking about which team you want to play, they're definitely the team you want to play. But I feel like they, I know last week I said they weren't going to make the playoffs, but I feel like with their schedule, they very easily could get that first wild card spot. I think they they can, you know. Um, I know Toronto says like 27 times, so they could beat up on them. But yeah, like the Rays, you know, they yeah, like as you mentioned, they saw the Rays today. Um, like the Rays probably don't want to face Toronto, so they they rather try to get rid of them right now in the regular season, try to go after them now and knock them off. Yeah, now that watching series at the end of the year, it's interesting because they lose that DH. So you know, so that and for, the, the first base comes up too. Who plays yeah. first base? Does Dawback? They they put Dawback at first, or do they put Kyle Schwarber at first? Because Schwarber blew the game the other night. Routine against the Mariners, yeah. yeah, you know so. You know, like even Martinez backs spasms because he's been a lot in the field. So, again, like he hasn't been 100% lately. So, yeah, that, you know, so that weekend series at Washington could be interesting. I know Washington's not great, but, you know, without that DH, you're putting NL rules could be very interesting. They've been great pitching wise. But, yeah, you know, Boston's schedule is not bad. They've been up on Baltimore pretty much all year. Um, they split with the Mets back in April. So, at home at Fenway, you know, you think. They should get, I think, sale back this weekend. I think Barnes is coming back this weekend. So, like, they're, they're going to get some reinforcements back this weekend. Um, but, yeah, like, their schedule, it's very manageable. Today, today's a big one against Seattle, um, you know, trying to defend them off. Because if, if, if they win today, Seattle's done. Seattle's done. If Seattle doesn't win today, they're done because they'd be four behind. They'd be free. They think they'd be four behind Boston. If, if they don't win today, they're done. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because there's no um, way they make it. Yeah, I, I think they will be too. They still have Kansas City, but they still have Oakland uh, seven more times. They still and they have, the have Eagles too. And and, and they have to leap over two teams. They'd have yeah. to leap over either either the either 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 the Yankees, Red Sox, or Blue Jays. Two of those teams, they'd have to leap over to make the playoffs. And, and if they don't win today, they're done. Seattle's done if they don't win today. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree. I think yeah, they, you know, it's been a great story Seattle this year. But yeah, I believe they they lose today, they can't get it done. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much just now three teams, Red Sox, Yankees, Toronto fighting for those two spots. And we'll talk about those Toronto Blue Jays, and they've been red hot. I know they lost uh, lost last night, but they've been red hot recently. You know, really good pitching. I mean, we know Robbie Ray's up for the Cy Young. You got Hinjin Rue. You signed Jose, Jose Barrios, which is a good move at the trade deadline. Uh, Steven Matz, really good pitching. They found a closer in Romano, and their offense is scary. That offense is scary with uh, with with Simeon, with uh, with with Springer, with Guerrero Jr., with with the Oscar Hernandez, with Lourdes Gurriel. Scored 22 runs the other day against the uh, against the, the Orioles, and then they had 11 run inning. <laughs> on Saturday against yeah. the Orioles, they get no hit until that inning. To the no hit, game. no hit until that inning, yes. and they score eleven runs. Crazy, crazy. So yeah, Toronto. I think they might not make the playoffs, but I think the, out of the three teams, out of them, the Yankees and the Red Sox, if they get in, I think they they make them they make the most noise. Oh, absolutely. If the Yankees don't get in, I'm rooting in Toronto. Yeah, Toronto will get in. If the Yankees don't. I'm cheering for Toronto to win the World Series. Um, I think they would make the most noise. Uh, that lineup so fun to watch. Do you? Black Guerrero's are, you know, he already passed his father for like home run the season. He season. I don't think his father eclipsed forty four. I think it was somewhere around there. Like he already eclipsed his father in that. And we all know it's, the, you know, his, his dad's a Hall of Famer, and you know, just the unbelievable career, you know, their season Black's having. Uh, but yeah, like you know, he mentioned, you know, that lot of like Springer's been out most of the year too. Like they haven't had Springer most of the year. And, and that lineup is still a top lineup in the league. Yeah, and they're mostly young guys. Like, I think they have to lock up Marcus Simeon, what he's done this year for him. I think since 2019, he's at the highest war for a good position player. I think it's at, like, oh, wow. four. So, he, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, and the moves that they made, you know, getting Barrios, that bullpen. Yeah, this Toronto team is just having, you know, they've lost two games this month. August 28th, they were nine and a half games back of the wild card the Yankees. And now they're tied with them. And yeah, because they were winning all their games and the Yankees were losing all their games. Yeah, they've only lost two months in the month of September. You know, um, they, they've been on fire. And, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a scary team because most of those guys are still under control for uh, a good handful of years here. So, they, you know, they got to know they're really good one coming for them. And they, they should get a World Series out of this group of guys that they have right now. Yeah, they're looking really good. And if you look at their schedule, really outside of the Tampa matchups and the Yankee matchup in, in the second to last series of the year, they got Toronto, tw- they got the Twins twice, and they got the Orioles. So still pretty favorable, too. too. So uh, I think all the schedules are favorable. I think the Red Sox are the most favorable. I feel like the Yankees have the toughest because they got to play Boston and Toronto. Uh, and uh, I think the Blue Jays is a little bit in the middle because they still have to play go to Tampa. But it's going to be really interesting to see who wins this wild card. It's going to be fun, especially those, especially those you know, in, in 10 days when the Yankees go to Boston, go to Toronto, those are going to be huge series. Aaron Boone's job will be on the line in those series. Oh, absolutely. He, he, yeah, he needs to pull out those ones and, and uh, at least go like four and two, five and one. Four and two would be great to pull two out of three out of both those games. I guess depending on what happens, you know, before then. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Boone, Boone better be managing with emergency because, yeah, his job will 100% be on the line in those two – in those. In those six games right there. 
Oh, without without question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got a huge week in college football. But before that, we got an ad from Clovercrest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield tailored treatment system. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. That is Mosquito Shield. Make sure you, you uh, visit the website at MosquitoShield.com. So we'll go to college football, and we first we'll start with uh, USC and the firing of Clay Helton. And I feel like this has been going on for a while with them. And I think they finally did it after their embarrassing loss to Stanford on a Saturday. And uh, Justin, I'll ask you this. Do you feel like this was the right move at this time? Absolutely. I think last year they went 5-1. I think they wanted to do it last year, but they got 5-1. Yeah, they were kind of lucky in the regular season, but um, it was the right time. It, Stanford was a team that last week looked horrendous. Couldn't move the ball against Tennessee. Now, Tanner McKee was a number three rated quarterback coming out of the class of 2018 behind Fields and um, – Lawrence, so um, I believe it was two quarterbacks in front of him. So it, it makes sense. It was time. Um, Clay Helen was a the guy they brought in to kind of clean up the program. They needed a kind of first-class guy, a, a guy that was going to keep the program out of, you know, kind of any further, you know, issues that they were dealing with. And he did that. But he wasn't the guy that was going to get him over the top because they really haven't been at that national level. I know they made the Rose Bowl a few years ago. They put that, um, you know, Great game against Penn State a few years ago, but um, look, it, it, it was time, and they gave him firing him now, so he doesn't have a chance to save his job. They do end up winning eight nine games. This is the time to do it. They're sloppy um, turnover penalties. They just never, you know, um, just really, you know, it, it, it was the right time to get rid of Clay Hell, and it just, you know, he's not the guy to get him to that back to the national kind of stage there. That. USC should be on because it's still a top five job in the entire country. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And who would you say are replacements? Uh, I've heard, uh, I've even heard Lane Kiffin coming back. Rumors about that. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer. Who, who are your, you know, repl- who do you think are potential replacements at the moment? My top five at the moment is Luke Fickles. Now, Mike Brom was the athletic director at Cincinnati before going to USC, he was the one that hired Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. So I, I really think he's going to be the number one guy. They have the relationship. I think Luke Fickle done a really good job at Cincinnati. I think he's going to be the number one guy. Number two right now, um, I have your your head coach, James, James Franklin. Franklin I, yeah. I think he really – I think he could fit out in L.A. I think, you know, personality – He could the recruiting, that's why. The way he yeah, recruits. Right. Yeah, he recruits. Yeah, well, I think development too. He's done a really good job with as well, and I think he's a guy too that when he kind of took over Penn State, it was still kind of dealing with some of the you know internal issues you know from the um, you know from that investigation you know and and USC's kind of and they need and he's got Penn State back on that level 
and, you know, had kind of the national kind of spotlight being a top 25 team. Um, you know, they made the Rose Bowl. So um, I think he's a guy that would fit USC well. And I think, you know, um, he is from Pennsylvania. So this could be a dream job. I don't, I would, you know, I think he said Penn State's been his, you know, his dream job. I, I believe he said it before, but Penn State may be like the perfect job for him. He may not want to leave, but I, I think it could be very possible that, you know, maybe he does go out to USC and try to find another challenge because I, I think he's not as appreciated as he should be at Penn State, I feel like. Um, for, I mean, he's not the greatest game in game no, coach. Not. He's really had one great win and two great wins the Big Ten championship in 16 and the Ohio State win. He loses to Ohio State a lot. He beat, and he loses to Michigan. You know, he'll beat Michigan when they're down, but he'll lose to Michigan when they're good. So, as a Penn State fan, I think Franklin's a good coach. He's not a great coach. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the the um the in game stuff has to get a lot better. Um, it, it's been an issue. Um, you know, we'll find out probably this weekend. You know, hey, you know, they they won a nice game at Wisconsin, but yeah, you know, they got to get to that level where they're knocking off Ohio State. Uh, my third guy right now is Mario Cristobal. He's coming off the big win at, at Ohio State. Ooh, ooh, but let me tell you, let me tell you, they're gonna. They're going to hate him in Eugene if he goes to USC. They will hate him in Eugene if he takes that job. <laughs> Absolutely. He will. Uh, they will. And, you know, USC would love to poach him from Oregon right now. Mm. Um, you know, they, they they do it if they have to. He's done a terrific job recruiting. He's done it in Southern Cal. That's another thing. Kelly Helen could not recruit in Southern California. They've lost DJ Ugulele. Uh, Bryce Young's another Southern Cal kid. You know, they lost J.D. Daniels transferred out of there. So, they haven't won that. Chris Ball has come in the back door. Uh, Thibodeau was a Southern Cal guy. They took him from USC. So, um, And he's built a really different program than what Chip Kelly had because of the way they play in the trenches. You go back to the National Championship game in 2015, uh, Ohio State bullied him up front, and they could not do that Saturday. Um, I think Chris Ball would be on that list. Uh, he's a guy from Miami. He kind of probably fit the culture around there in L.A. Um, I, I think that's a, you know, my number three guy. I don't know if he'd leave Oregon or not, but USC would be pretty enticing um, to want to go there. My fourth guy is Matt Campbell. He's done a remarkable job at Iowa State. He's a Midwest guy. I don't know if he wants to leave. I don't know personality-wise if he'd fit L.A. He's not the greatest recruiter, you know, but it's been development. And I think the thing is, USC, you got to be able to develop or recruit at a very high level. They haven't developed either well. You know, they really haven't done a ton of NFL draft draft lately you know you're always here in usd guys and it, there hasn't been many lately um but matt campbell has turned around i think he brings some energy to that program um and then my last guy would be pj pluck at minnesota there's a lot of noise you know i know last year didn't go well they had so many COVID issues and i think it's part of it they didn't look good saturday Miami, ohio you know they played decent in goes ohio state saturday but i mean they're two weeks ago um when they opened the season but He's done a really good job in Minnesota. He's really built some good programs. You saw that Western Michigan team, you know, um, get to the Cotton Bowl a couple years ago against Wisconsin. Uh, Minnesota, again, they finished top 10 in the country. They got to the Outback Bowl. Like, it, I think that was the first time Minnesota's finished in the top 10 since, like, World War II. I think it was, like, the early 40s. So, he's done a really good job. I think he's fifth on the list. I think he'd bring a lot of energy. But, again, not a great recruiter. Very good developer, you know, high-energy guy. Um, but I, I think he's number fifth uh, on the um, list of candidates for the USC job right now. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens there, and we'll see who gets that job. That's a very, very prominent job getting that, getting the USC coaching job. But we got to get to the slate of games this week, and we'll start with an old school rivalry as Nebraska heads to Norman, Oklahoma to face the, the Sooners. And the big question is: is we know Oklahoma's going to win the game. Scott Frost's team has won two in a row. Will they cover against Spencer Rattler and the Oklahoma Sooners? I don't think they do. I got Oklahoma winning by four touchdowns. Yeah, I think you got to take the points in this game for Oklahoma. I think they won this game 41-17. The 50th anniversary of the game of the century, yeah, that 35-31 game Nebraska won. Um, Nebraska was number one in the country, Oklahoma number two back. You know, um, you know that was a heck of a game. But, again, uh, you can go back to that game, Nebraska-Illinois, and Illinois skill guys were better than Nebraska's, which never should happen. And the last time Nebraska's had a skill guy picked was 2015. It was like Andy Jankovic, who was a fullback. Wow. If you want to count fullback as yeah, a skill yeah, yeah, position. Yeah, recruiting in Nebraska is nowhere near the, near the way it used to be. No, it, it hasn't. And I think Oklahoma is to be a torch of – rather, they, they, again, they won by 75 against the Western Carolina team. Who, again, I think like 427 the last – 30, 31 games, something like that. So they beat a pretty poor FCS team, but I don't see Nebraska having any speed to shut these guys down. Um, and I don't see Nebraska having much success. I know Oklahoma's defense isn't great. I think Tulane's going to be a pretty good team in the American. I don't think they, you know, Oklahoma should be more of my five, but um, again, I just see Adrian Martinez making mistakes. I don't see Nebraska's wide receivers getting open. And I, because I really like Oklahoma's D coordinator, Alex Grinch. It's going to be a long day for Nebraska. Remember, Nebraska tried to get out of this game. They, I think it was May. Scott, they, they were trying to fail on this game. So that, that, that shows you where Nebraska is right now. I think Nebraska knows they're, they're, they're in for a long afternoon. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. We got an interesting matchup in Bloomington, Indiana, as Cincinnati has the Bloomington to face the Indiana Hoosiers. And I think the biggest difference in this game is I think Dwayne Ritter, Dwayne Ritter outplays uh, Michael Penix Jr., and I got Cincinnati winning this game close and giving Indiana their second loss of the season. Yeah, I have Cincinnati as well, 20-21, but this is one of these games where it's like, okay, everybody's kind of forgot Indiana, Tom Allen. It's like, okay, here comes Indiana. They're, they're going to pull this thing out and kind of ruin Cincinnati's chances. Um, I could see that happening, but I think Cincinnati's going to make Michael Penix Jr. make some mistakes. I didn't like the way he played against Iowa. I know we played a lot better, but it's it, it's Idaho. There's not, you know, again, not a big test for him. Um, I think Indiana finds a way to kind of keep this thing close. I think they play a really good game. But I think Luke Fickle has his team fired up, ready to go. I, I think, you know, lost him lost her with the way Indiana looked. But um, I I think also, you know, since I looked ahead last week, they were tied at seven with Murray State on Saturday. Looked awful. Um Jerome Ford, the Alabama transfer, he built like an Alabama running back, 5'11", 220. I think he's going to have a big day in the backfield. Um, we Desmond Ritter makes some, make some plays off play action. I guess Cincinnati win this game on the road. We got Virginia Tech heading to Morgantown to face West Virginia in an interesting matchup. And in this game, I feel like I'm going to take the team with the better defense. I'm taking Justin Fuentes' team, Justin Fuentes team in this one. I got Virginia Tech winning this. In a, in a, I'd say like 24 20, but can West Virginia give Virginia Tech their first loss of the year? I I actually have the same score as you, but I'm taking West Virginia, the old Biggies robbery. Um, I thought, you know, Virginia Tech, you know, 
Yeah, it was a nice win because North Carolina. North Carolina shot themselves in the foot. Virginia Tech tried to give it back any way possible. Jared Dodge, um, or um, you know, they didn't play great in Maryland. They had three turnovers. I think was a huge part of that loss at Maryland. Um, you know, and West Virginia they won 18 straight home home uh, non conference games. The last one was a loss LSU back in 2011. Um, and Virginia Tech lost their tight end, their certain tight end, who had a big year so far, James Mitchell. He's out for the year. Um, I think West Virginia's defense makes a couple of plays. Braxton Berrios, um, or not Berrios, um, um, Brian Meister. I mean, think he makes some plays. He's a very good dual threat quarterback. But I think West Virginia gets some. It's a tough place to play at Morgantown. I think they find a way to get the upset. We got an interesting game between Michigan State as they head down to Miami to face the Hurricanes. And I think Mel Tucker keeps his team competitive in this game, but I think the Hurricanes is going to be too much for the Spartans. That's why I got uh, the Hurricanes winning. But can Mel Tucker come down to Coral Gables and pull the upset? I got Michigan State win this game, 27-24. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it, you know, I don't I, – I think, though, I'm worried about the heat of humidity. It's a night – it's going to be a new kickoff down in Miami. Obviously, Michigan State's not used to – not used to the conditions down there. But I think Miami, again, they beat an App State team, which, again, you, you compare them to, like, college basketball. It's like, they're, like, the Dayton. Like, like, they're that high major you don't want to face. That That's what Appalachian State is. you got to give them credit for actually scheduling them. But I love the way Michigan State's been running the football with Kenneth Walker. The Wake Forest transfer right now, uh, 331 yards already in a, you know two games. And both games, Michigan State first play – from scrimmage, 75-yard touchdowns. Uh, Peyton Dory had done a good job of kind of uh, just kind of protecting the football and, you know, just doing what he has to do five touchdowns so far, you know. Um, but Miami's kind of banged up. They, you know, there are two running backs that actually have, care, you know, um, collegiate carries are out. So they're going to be carrying a couple of running backs that haven't played or haven't had, you know, many carries in the backfield on Saturday. They're missing their starting linebacker. So, I think Michigan State's able to control this game on the ground. I think, you know, what worries me is Michigan State secondary. They let Northwestern throw throw the football around um, against some Their King, I think, is going to have some yardage. But I think the end, I see Mill Tucker pulling this one out. We got the Battle of Indiana as Purdue faces Notre Dame. And I think this is a close competitive game. But Purdue, for, but for Purdue this week, they're not playing UConn. They're playing Notre Dame. Even though Notre Dame is not as good as they've been, I still think they get this win close over Purdue. Yeah, I got Nordane 30 to 27. Nordane right now, I just don't think Nordane's a really good team right now. You know, you they did really try in Florida State, and then you saw what happened to Florida State on Saturday night. Losing oh, yeah, losing. State. Yeah, that's a disgrace. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Did you see the final play? That was I saw it. the final play. Yes. It was crazy. Uh, Florida State. <laughs> Taking two steps backwards. But um, so, yeah, I just, and Nordane got lucky on Saturday. Toledo sort of beat them. They should have. Well, they played aggressive at the end. They could have probably sat there, kicked the field goal, won the game, but they decided to try to score a touchdown, which, I, I you know, um, which kind of came back to haunt them. Jack Cohen, you know, um, played well, getting the game-winning drive there. But um, I think Purdue keys is close. You know, Plummer, uh, you know, that's his, uh, he played well against UConn. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's Jake Plummer's son. Yep. Right, yep, yeah, yep. I remember I saw him play when they played at Penn State. I mean, he didn't play anywhere near as well, obviously, because the team was much better. But yes, no, I, and I think Fulmer's improved. I, I think he, you know, because he's a freshman uh, two years ago, so I think he's improved. And I thought, you know, Payne um, Durham and, and David Bell, I, I think, could have some big games um, through the air. I think David Bell is one of the most underrated wide receivers nobody talks about in the country. 
Um, you know, I, I think they could have some explosive plays. Nordian's not very explosive offensively. They struggle to run the ball. I think, you know, Nordian pulls it out at home. I'd pick Purdue if it, in West Lafayette, but I'll take Purdue to, you know, keep the uh, Shillelagh trophy. Got a big game in Gainesville as Bryce Young and the Crimson Tide travel down to Gainesville to face to face Florida. And I think Florida's defense is better this year, but I just don't think that – last year it was a great game in the SEC title game, you know, them going back and forth in that SEC championship game. But the thing, the problem is this year with Florida, I don't think their offense is good enough to keep up with Alabama. That's why I got Florida – I got Alabama winning this by three scores over Florida. I got Alabama winning this. I'd say, like, I'm going to go 34-13 over Florida. I know Florida's good, but I don't think they're as good as last year. So I got Alabama winning this game 34-13. to but yeah. can Florida pull the upset at home? No, I'm not seeing it. And this is the time, though, that, you know, week three, you know, we, we've seen Saban go down, but I don't see it this time. I got at Bama 38 to 20. And you could argue that Florida lost more impactful guys than Alabama did last year. They're, they don't have Trout uh, Trask anymore. They don't have – there's no Kyle Pitts anymore. You know, there's no that generational guy. And they don't have a Kadarius Tony this year either. And I, I think Al, I, I think Alabama um, look banged up at the linebacker core. I don't know if Will Anderson's going to play or not Saturday yet, but um, if they have him, I, it, it, the quarterback situation down for Florida very weird. Anthony Richardson, I you know looked like he pulled a hammy on like in, on a touchdown run last week. They've been going a lot. Emory Jones just confidence wise doesn't look sharp right now. Um, I, I worry about Florida. I think their defense. Maybe be able to keep them around for a bit. It is better, I feel like, you know, than, than last year's defense. But Bryce Young, seven touchdowns so far, and that's the most for an Alabama quarterback through two games. And you think about all the Alabama quarterbacks. But the amazing thing is for Alabama is you see all these other teams kind of struggle week one after they lose all this talent. And it's like they don't miss a beat. And I don't see Alabama missing a beat this week. I think they cruise in the uh, – in a Gainesville against us, one thirty to twenty. We got a rivalry in in uh, d- down in Georgia, down in Athens, as South Carolina plays Georgia. We remember two years ago, South Carolina upset Georgia in Georgia, but I don't feel like that's going to be the case this year. I got Georgia. The, the really the question is going to be, can South Carolina cover the spread? They they are two and zero. They might be able to, but Georgia's defense is just too good. And I got Georgia winning this by four or five scores. Yeah, I got the uh, Bulldogs thirty five to three. Yeah, two years ago, you know, Georgia missed. Two or three field goals. They turned the ball over four times. Um, I don't see that happening this year. South Carolina. Um, I don't remember if you were the walk-on former quarterback, Iowa State, Zeb Zolan. He started a few games for Iowa State a few years ago. He came on the staff as a graduate assistant back in June. But South Carolina is so thin right now at the quarterback spot, ton of injuries, that they had to put him on the active roster. So Zeb Zolan, who came in as a grad assistant, is their starting quarterback right now. They showed the move the ball against East Carolina last week. They, you know, won late on a field goal, you know, expired game winning, expired field goal. I just see Georgia absolutely putting it on South Carolina. I don't know if JD Daniels is going to play th- not this week or not, but I just don't see South Carolina having any way that they move the ball. As long as Georgia take care takes care of the ball, they should run the ball. They should have five or six sacks in this game. It's going to be a long year. It's too hard to tell if Shane Beaver can kind of get South Carolina back to somewhat, you know, contender in the SEC East. I, but it's going to be a long Saturday night for South Carolina. I, I could see South Carolina having just over 100 yards of offense. It's going to be a long day for them. 
It sure will. We got the big game in Happy Valley this Saturday night. It's going to be the whiteout game. You got Bo Nix coming in to Happy Valley to face Penn State. And I think I think this is going to be a really good game. I think that – I think Penn State – I think the difference in this game will Penn State will be the team that runs the ball better with Noah Kane and Devin Ford. I think Sean Clifford will play mistake-free where I think Bo Nix makes a mistake. You know, Bo Nix has struggled on the road. In his career, I think he made it makes a mistake in this game. I think it's really, really close and competitive. But I think James Franklin gets a big win here. And I got my Penn State Nittany Lions beating Auburn on Saturday night, 27-24 to go to 3-0. and But, Justin, can Bo Nix go into Happy Valley and pull the upset? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I got Penn State 27-17. I don't trust Bo Nix on the road. Now, I think Brian Harsin's offense is more designed here for Bo Nix. I think Gus Maldon's offense is just a little bit, maybe too complex. And I don't think they have the guys to run it. I think this offense sets up a little bit nicer for Bo Nix. I don't know what to expect from Auburn. You know, like they beat Akron, uh, what was it, six, you know, uh, 60 to 10 or something like that. And Temple put up 45 last week. They're back at quarterback against Akron. Yeah, I mean, so Akron beating, is, Auburn's beating two bad teams. Yeah, Alabama State, I think, barely survived in overtime against a D2 school two weeks ago. So, that, that you know, that's where they are right now. I don't, you know, again, UConn, Akron, you know, right there. So, UConn could probably beat Akron. Um, so, that's how bad Akron is. So, I like Tate's big speed in the backfield for Auburn. I think he could be an issue. But, again, I really like the way uh, Penn State linebackers are playing. Brandon Smith and Ellis Brooks. I think, you know, again, they, Penn State really developed linebackers over the years. Um I like Auburn secondary. I think they could kind of run with Penn State. I think, yeah, Clifford plays um, mistake-free. I think, you know, Parker Washington's played well. Uh, Dotson at wide receiver. I think they could make some big plays in this game. But I think Bo Nix just makes, like, a couple interceptions. I think Penn, I think Auburn moves the ball, but I think Penn State, like, in that Wisconsin game, bend but don't break in the red zone. They make the stops or they, they hold Auburn to a couple field goals. I could see that happen this game. I just don't trust – Bo Nix to go on the road and happy Valley on a Saturday night when this game, he, he's really sure on the road. This is going to be just like any other SEC road game um, for him on a Saturday night. It just, it ain't happening. It's not going to be a fun night for Bo Nix in that offense. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But it should be, should be a great, should be a great atmosphere at Penn State. The whiteout, it always is. It's back for the first time since 2019. It's be great to see fans in the stands, uh, for the whiteout. Last whiteout was that game against Michigan back in 2019. So I'm really excited to, to, to see that game on Saturday night. But we got a couple more games to, to talk about. And we got uh, Virginia 2-0 heading heading down to North Carolina to face the Tar Heels. And I think Carolina wins. I don't care if Virginia's 2-0. I think Carolina wins this game by a couple scores. I think Sam Howell's a big game. And I think Carolina wins. But Justin, can Virginia go down to Chapel Hill and pull the upside? I think they can. I got North Carolina though, thirty-four to thirty. The South's oldest rivalry. They've been playing it, you know, since eighteen ninety-two. You are, you are, Virginia's won four straight. Last year was a fun one. It was forty-four to. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Now, 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 I remember they beat them last year. Yeah, they they won four straight. So the Cavs kind of had their number, but Sam Howell played really well against the uh, Cavaliers. He's thirty for for, for fifty-seven, almost eight hundred yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. So he he's been really good um, against Virginia. I think this is the year they knock him off. Um, you know, beat a Georgia State team right now that's not very good. UAB, UAB, Virginia, um, their offense has been very explosive. Armstrong's, um, has looked pretty good. They, you know, threw for over 400 yards of offense. I like, um, Bronco Mendohall as a coach. I really like their offense right now. Um, Jalen Woods, 
big tight end, you know, five catches so far this year, under or five catches last week, 122 yards of offense and a touchdown last week for him. I think Virginia does keep this thing close. I think this would be a fun kind of high scoring game, a lot of points. Uh, but I took North Carolina to get a stop late in the game and finally putting a streak, uh, putting the streak to an end. Got two top 25 teams in a matchup on the West Coast as we got BYU hosting Arizona State. And I'm going to go with Herm Edwards' team, and I'm going to go with them close. But, Justin, can BYU pull off another big win at home this week? I think it's very possible. Um, I have Arizona State winning this game, though. I think this is going to be a very a test of two teams that are going to run the football a lot, try to, you know, um, put it, you know keep it on the ground. Um, I have Arizona State win this game 28-21. Um, I trust Jalen Jaden uh, Daniels a little bit more than I do Jaron Hall in this game. Um, watch for the freshman Johnny Wilson, six foot seven wide receiver. Um, to be tough to cover. Arizona State also has a tight end, six foot seven. I think a couple of those wide receivers can um, make some big plays. But BYU gave up over seventy yards of carry against Utah last week. Um, Rashid White, I think for Arizona State's gonna be able to have a big game on the ground, kind of keep that. BYU offense off the field. BYU did a great job of forcing turnovers last week. Big reason why they won that game. If they can do that, they can pull off another upset. They haven't been 3 0 um, to start consecutive seasons since 1951 and 1952 season. But great crowd, as always, um, in Pro Bowl. But on a Saturday night, I just I see Arizona State coming in this game and take uh, getting a win. We'll wrap up talking about another West Coast matchup as Fresno State heads to UCLA. And uh, I think UCLA with Chip Kelly, I think they get a big win close. They go to 3-0. and But the big question here is, is can Fresno State do the, what they did at Oregon, but but instead of losing that game close, can they pull out a victory? I think they are definitely talented enough, especially in the offensive, offensive side of the ball. For Fresno, it's, it, they got to get to a fast start. Fresno in their first – you know, first quarters this year, it's, you know, um, it's been a deadlock 14-14. And UCLA, first quarters, they're outscoring their points 45-13. So, Fresno wants to hang around. They've got to get to a much faster start in the first quarter. UCLA coming off a bye week. Um, I think UCLA wins this game in the trenches. I think they're, you know, with that running game with Zach um, Cabernet, you know, I think uh, Doran Thompson Robinson makes enough plays. But I think Fresno's going to score some points. I think UCLA 30 Four to twenty-eight. Um, Rodney Rivers, Jack, uh, Jake um, Hayner, right now, or, or in three games, he's already over a thousand yards passing-wise. Um, I think Fresno is going to score some points. I think you know, I really like Fresno. I think Fresno's a top twenty. I think I said it last week. We were talking Oregon the last day. I think Fresno's top twenty-five team. They'll definitely be in the top twenty-five. If they win this game. I think at some point you're going to see them back in the top twenty-five and. I think UCLA finds a way to pull it out. I think this Chip Kelly's year, um, I don't think they meet Oregon in the regular season, but that'd be great. Oregon versus UCLA in the Pac-12 championship game um, would be a fun one. I think this is the year for Chip. They find a way to get it done the Rose Bowl Saturday night. Yeah, it'd be fun to see Chip Kelly face his former team in the Pac-12 championship game. That'll be really, really fun. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R&J. For our producer, Jace Garcia, who did a great job. For Justin Anafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week continuing to talk about that AL pennant race between the Sox, Yanks, and Blue Jays, week three of the NFL season and week four of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everybody.